With that note, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin a series uh, this week on the Holy Spirit, and I am very impassioned about this. I'm very excited about this because, as you'll hear in the message, the Holy Spirit has changed my life from one end to the other. And I'm telling you, the baptism of the Holy Spirit has meant everything to me. And I'm going to do some teaching on the person of the Holy Spirit. Poke your neighbor and say, the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, we've got version notes, so you're going to want to turn there. You can save those if you're a small group leader. Next week we launch that. You can, you can always refer back to that and so forth. Uh, I'm going to look at several scriptures here this morning. Uh, some are going to be on the overhead. Where I would like for you to turn is Acts chapter 1. Everybody say Acts chapter 1. And the title of this message is Cheese and Crackers. Everybody say Cheese and Crackers. And I think they got me a good slide looking right there. Now, if you've been fasting at all, these cheese and crackers are looking really actually pretty good to me right now. Amen. Cheese and crackers. I've lost the monitor. Have we lost that up there again? Well, praise God anyhow. Amen. Well, so if you'll turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 11. Hallelujah, it's back. Well, it's back on the monitor. Is it back up there? I can't tell. Yay, it's back. Praise the Lord. Everybody say cheese and crackers. All right, Acts chapter 1, if you'll stand for the reading of God's Word. Uh, we're going to go to, uh, uh, is that the first one in my slides? Whatever my, Luke is, okay. I want you just to see Luke, but turn to Acts chapter 1. So Luke chapter 24, verse 49, if you'll look on the overhead, has everybody got it? Everybody look on the overhead, it says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. The promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All right, Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 11. And I'm going to be teaching for really on and off a couple of months on the person of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to take you, us on a journey. God is, Acts 1, verses 4 through 11. And being assembled together with them, Jesus speaking, uh, he commanded them. Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water. So he's telling us what the promise is. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So we understand now what the promise of the Father is. Verse 6 through 7. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Verses 8 through 9. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, they, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Verses 10 through 11. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? Now that sounds like a really weird question to me. If you're standing there and you watch Jesus just float through the sky and disappear, you might be gazing into heaven too, right? The same Jesus who, what go back? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven. Well, so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. All right, Acts chapter, 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. And if you got your Bibles, you can turn there or look on the overhead. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. 
And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all, everybody say all, all. filled, everybody say filled. With the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your presence that I feel so strongly here today. I pray, God, you would anoint me to speak forth your word, not in word and tongue only, but also in power and in deed. I pray, Father, let this seed fall in the good soul of our hearts and grow and bear forth fruit in our lives. I pray, teach us, Father, your word today and teach us just how vital the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to our walk with you. And I pray, Father God, that you would have your way. I, I, I rebuke distractions. I rebuke any traditions that would cause us not to hear. Open our hearts to hear what the Spirit is saying today. Give us an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. In Jesus' name, we lift up our country, God, and we pray that you bring a great awakening, God, from the White House down to the, to the Congress and all through our judges and throughout our land and bring us as a nation back to you. Bring a great revival and awakening again. And God, I pray that you put your hedge of protection on us as a nation, and according to your word, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem and Israel. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said... Amen. Hold your Bibles up and let's boldly declare, Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen, amen. High five two or three people and tell them connecting point is tonight at six. Not happening. Story goes that a man skimped and scraped and saved all that he possibly could to get a ticket to board an ocean liner and cross the Atlantic Ocean and come to America. He used every penny he had, saved just a few dollars that he reasoned with himself the voyage was going to take a week, and he would buy enough cheese and crackers to last the entire trip. He would have rationed himself off, and he would eat a little bit each meal each day in order to get himself to America, to which he could get some sort of day job or employment or whatever in order to uh, raise the money and start his new life over. As he did... The porter would call the first night to come to the dining car and the whole ship came and he would see people eating at these tables, fine cuisines, and they would eat to their fill. He would sit off in the corner and eat his ration of cheese and crackers and he was wanting more, but no more came. He would do this day after day after day. Finally, on the last day, one of the people on the ship said, hey man, what? why do you do this? Why do when everybody else is over here eating and we're eating surf and turf and we're eating, man, just to our heart's content, great meals. Why do you sit in the corner and eat, nibble on some cheese and crackers? He said, well, I, I scraped all the money I had to buy a ticket and I didn't have any more money to buy food on the, on the ship. The man said, sir, didn't you know that when you bought a ticket to the ship, it entitled you to whatever was on board. 
Didn't you know you could have been sitting at the table? It was already paid for. It was already yours. All you had to do was sit at the table, belly up, and eat all you want. The man was stunned at all he left on the table. Folks, I want to tell you something. I don't know about you, but that's the way it is with the kingdom of God. There are many Christians that they they come to Jesus. They're saved. They're on board. They're on their way to heaven. But man, the free meal and the free blessings and the gift of the Holy Spirit, they leave on the table. I don't know about you, but when I found out there was more, When I found out there was a second work of grace that follows salvation for those who will believe, I desperately wanted more. Amen? Poke your neighbor and say, I want more. Just like young men, some people settle for cheese and crackers when God has a full spread for us. He's got the gift of the Holy Spirit who brings the fruit of the Spirit in our life, who moves mightily and changes us. Somebody say, Amen. They'll settle for Christian life without the baptism of the Holy Spirit while He is the free gift. Why settle for cheese and crackers spiritually when God has a spread for us? I don't know about you, but when I found out there was more to the kingdom of God, a more fullness I could receive, I desperately wanted it. I want my Christian experience in this life to be the full biblical experience. I don't want to go stand before heaven one day and have God say, Oh man, enter in, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And then, oh, but by the way, man, you left a lot on the table down on earth. I had so much more for you. But you chose to skimp by on fumes. It's kind of like if you've ever been to the Jamestown uh, where the pilgrims first came in. They've got uh, the boats there. They're not the actual boats, but replicas and you can tour around what the colony was like. And they've got three ships there. Boats. The Godspeed. The Discovery. And the Susan Constant. And one of them is not much bigger than a rowboat. Literally. Now listen. You can cross the Atlantic Ocean on a rowboat. Or you can cross it on an ocean liner. The question is. You can get to the other side on a rowboat if you want. It's going to take you a while. And you might have some tough going. But you can get there. Or you can get there on an ocean liner. My question is. Which one would you rather ride in? So my points this morning are in the form of questions. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is mentioned no less than 261 times in the New Testament alone. As a matter of fact, your spiritual growth and maturity is directly proportionate to your submission to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Now, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we are not talking about some New Age mysticism or some cosmic power or some emotionalism or or some uh, psychic phenomenon. No, He is God. Everybody shout, He's God. He's the third part of the triune Godhead. He is coexistent, He is eternal, and He is equal with God the Father and the Son. Notice I said he is equal with God the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is not the red-headed stepchild. He is God. Everybody say he's God. He's the third part of the Godhead. Watch this, Matthew 3, 16 and 17. As soon as Jesus was baptized, many of you are getting ready to be baptized in water next Sunday. He went up out of the water. Notice again, he comes up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God. Notice the three, the three persons of the Godhead. Jesus comes up out of the water. The Spirit of God descends on him like a dove. 
alighting on him, and a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. There's a beautiful picture here of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are all God. Everybody say they're all God. Now, I know that an egg is a bad illustration, and I'm not saying that God's an egg, so please don't misunderstand me. But an egg is an egg, but it has three parts. You've got the shell, you've got the egg whites, and you've got the yolk. In the same way, God is one, but in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we understand that God is more than one in Genesis 1.1. For the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The word God there is Elohim, and it's plural, not singular. Also in Genesis chapter 1, he goes on to say, Then God said, Let us, everybody say us, make mankind in our image, everybody say our, in our likeness, everybody say our, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and so forth. So right off the bat, God is letting us know that there is more to him than just Jesus or the Father. The Holy Spirit is part of the, the, the Godhead, if you will. So, what is the essence of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament? And you're going to hear me say this throughout the series probably more than once. I believe the essence of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament is wrapped up in Colossians 1.27. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what the essence of the Holy Spirit is about. He is the Spirit of Christ. He is the Spirit of Jesus living inside of you. Look, we've got, there's a lot of confusion about the Holy Spirit in the church today. And what we have is, you got people going, well, the Father, he's kind of scary. If you read the Old Testament, he's zapping people. But I love Jesus now because he died for me. And the Holy Spirit, he's spooky. So I'm afraid of the Father. The Holy Spirit's spooky. I love Jesus. But listen, they are all God and they are all part of you and I being saved. And they love us dearly. Amen. Where is God the Father? Not a trick question. Somebody yell it out. So, okay, let's go back. There's one or two possible answers. There's heaven or earth, right? Where's God the Father? Where's Jesus? At the right hand of the Father. And where? Okay, so if the Father's in heaven and Jesus is in heaven, who's the God on this earth? Who's the God that does miracles on this earth? Who's the God that releases the gifts of the Spirit on this earth? Who's the God in the presence you feel in here like when we're worshiping? Who's the God speaking to you? Then why are we afraid of Him? The God you feel, the God who speaks to you, the person of the Godhead that you experience on earth is the Holy Spirit, folks. He's not to be feared. If it was totally dark in this building and I said, Sarah, I'd like for you to turn the lights on. And she turned it and the lights came on. Sarah and I would represent the triune Godhead. I would represent in that role God the Father. I would, I would, I would give the vision. She would represent Jesus because she'd carry the vision out. But the Holy Spirit would be the electricity that makes the lights burn. See, the Holy Spirit's the power that makes it go. Somebody shout amen. So, 
We understand a little bit now, and I'm going to take you on a journey for weeks and weeks about who the person of the Holy Spirit is, because I think sometimes, here's what we do in the church, especially in a Pentecostal church. We think Holy Spirit, we equate Him to speaking in tongues, and oh my Lord, is He so much more than just that. So point number two in a question form is this. Why do we call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, look at your Bibles in Acts chapter 1, verse 5. Your Bible says in Acts chapter 1, uh, verse 5, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be, everybody say shall be, baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from hence. Many times this is interpreted to mean that the Holy Spirit is the one doing the baptizing, and that is incorrect. The Holy Spirit is the element of baptism, just like water is the element of water baptism. The same way you would go down into water and be completely immersed in water is the same way when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're all the way into the Holy Spirit, inundated, overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit, and you're covered with Him and filled with Him. Does that make sense? This is the fifth time that the phrase baptized in the Holy Spirit occurs in the New Testament. And it's all four Gospels and Acts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts all declare the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And in the four Gospels, the previous four instances prior to Acts, Jesus is the one said to be doing the baptizing. Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit and fire. Somebody shout amen. Matthew 3.11, look what it says. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. John the Baptist speaking. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, Jesus, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. Watch this. He, Jesus, will baptize you all the way under into the Holy Spirit, completely covered in the Holy Spirit and fire. Woo! I love the idea that Jesus wants to baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire. Leave the, leave the scripture up just a minute. Baptize, again, I, I said this last week. It is a Greek word, baptizo, which means complete immersion. Now listen, I'm not picking on any other. I, I know there's other ways of doing things. But listen, you have to be old enough to make the choice to be baptized. And biblically speaking, you cannot be sprinkled. Biblically, you must go all the way under the water and out. It's what the word means. Somebody say amen. That's why Jesus came up out of the water. He was our example. In the same way, we are completely overwhelmed, uh, 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 completely fully wet, so to speak, and with the Holy Spirit. How many of you think it's a good thing to be completely covered in your life with the Holy Spirit? If Jesus wants me to have something, and He is my Lord and my Savior, I want it. I've got a question for you. How many of you think that Jesus would give you something bad. How many of you think that Jesus wants you to have something bad for you? How many of you think that Jesus only wants what's good for you? Well, if Jesus wants us to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then we can deduce that it's good for us. Can somebody say amen? Is this okay today? Well, pastor, oh, pastor, you don't know the Lulus I've seen. Pastor, 
I don't want to be weird like sister so-and-so because she's got the Holy Ghost and she's weird. Listen, she'd be weird without the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit don't make you weird. You's weird already. Amen? Is that okay? And if you're laughing now, you're thinking of someone. If you're not, I don't know. I'm just kidding, just kidding. Point number three. Why should a person desire the baptism of the Holy Spirit? How many of you know Jesus is our example? So watch this. Our example, Luke 4, 1. Jesus, full of... Jesus, full of... I, I just love the sound of that. Let me do it again. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned to the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit. Listen, even Jesus Christ was led by the Spirit. Even Jesus Christ was full of the Holy Spirit. Acts 10.38, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, and God was with him. I've got a statement to make. Listen, if Jesus, you can see it on the overhead, if Jesus, the Son of God, who was sinless, needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, then how much more do we? Two weeks ago, if Jesus fasted and prayed and felt the need to do, if Jesus could have accomplished everything on earth he came to accomplish without fasting, why did he fast? Last week, if Jesus felt the need and felt like he needed to be baptized in water, even though he was perfect and sinless, how much more do we? If Jesus could have accomplished everything on earth he came to do without being water baptized, why did he get water baptized? Then here's, here we go. Ready? One more week. I got it. This is good. Ready? If Jesus could have accomplished everything he came on earth to do without being filled with the Holy Spirit, then why did he do it? I don't understand people that understand the teaching of the Holy Spirit that say, eh, not for me. Look, if Jesus felt the need to be filled with the Spirit and be led by the Spirit, my blessed Lord, how much more do you and I? Someone say a good amen. Did you know that if you keep reading in Acts chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, that Jesus' mother, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers were part of the 120 that God baptized in the Holy Spirit in the upper room? The Holy Spirit is a gift. 1 Thessalonians 4.8 Therefore he who rejects this does not reject man but God who has also given us his Holy Spirit. How many of you think God gives good gifts? How many of you think God wants us to have some good for us? Why would we not want to receive a gift from God? If I gave a $20 bill to Pete right now, which I don't have on me, but if I did... And he, what would he have to do? Did, would he have earned it? Do he have to do anything for it? No. All he have to do is what? Receive it, right? Same way I'm receiving your thoughtful prayers and, and heartfelt compassion for the 49ers today. Amen? <laughs> Sermon just went south. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is a promise from God. Look, Acts chapter 2, verse 38 through 39. Peter replied, repent and be baptized. So it's a command again. Every one of you being commanded to be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of what? 
the Holy Spirit, the promise. Everybody say promise. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord your God will call. The word promise there is divine assurance or a pledge from God. It's kind of like when you buy a house, if you can't pay cash, you sign a book about that thick they call it a mortgage, right? Where you promise to pay that back. And people all the time break promises. But this is a promise God will not break. You say, well, I understand the Holy Spirit is for me, but I don't ever receive it. I don't think God wants me to have the Holy Spirit. Yes, he does. Isaiah says it this way in chapter 44, verse 3. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. There in chapter 2 of Acts... Peter says the promise is for all. That means it's not limited. That means it's for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's two things that you and I need to know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One, there's one prerequisite, and that is that you're a Christian and you've given your life to Jesus. He's not going to baptize you in his spirit if you don't belong to him, right? But the second one is, 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 is simply this, that, man, he wants us desperately to have his spirit and i'm going to flesh this out and show you it is for us he wants us to receive his spirit i know the holy spirit sounds mystical and out there but the holy spirit is the spirit of christ it's jesus spirit he said it's for all who are afar off those in other lands hence us gentiles praise you jesus He said, as many as the Lord God shall call, the promise is for anyone who believes in Jesus. That's why he said in Luke, it's a promise of my Father, and you'll be endued with power. And I'll talk about that in another lesson. Well, Pastor, I hear what you're saying, but, you know, so-and-so, you know, maybe one's too young, or, man, I'm too old at this point, or whatever. Can you be too young to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You're right, you can't. Look what the scripture says. Luke 1 15. For he will be great. Speaking of John the Baptist. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will drink no wine or liquor. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit. While yet in his mother's womb. Now I know this isn't a message on abortion. But right there that verse alone. Just crucifies the whole thing about abortion. If a person and a baby and a mama's womb can be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, then they are a living human being. Somebody say amen. Amen. Pastor, we don't get political. I'm not getting political. I'm biblical. Amen. Upon conception, when God creates a human being, they are alive and they are a human being. Somebody say amen. amen. I believe the word of God. Praise the Lord. Everyone, I hear there's a... Well, pastor, you know, when you get saved, you get the Holy Spirit. Yes, you do. You get a measure of the Holy Spirit. You get a well spring of life springing up with you. You get a a measure of the Holy Spirit. But the Lord has more in store following salvation. It's the second work of grace. Once you're saved, you can receive a more fullness, a baptism, a completeness of fullness in the Holy Spirit. Psalm 23 and 5 says, my cup overflows. How how many know what I'm talking about? Amen. I want all God has for me. I don't want just a little. Man, when I when I go to a buffet, I want to eat it all. That's why I'm not going to buffets right now. I can't eat it all. <laughs> Remember years ago, friends of mine, big guys, Chinese restaurant, man, they're eating. One guy, man, he's five plates in. 
Manager comes out. He's sweating. He's got a towel in his hand. He throws the towel on the, on the table. And he says, you big boy, you go home. You eat no more. <laughs> hey, we're losing money on that buffet. Listen, God's got a buffet for us. He's got a lot in store for us. And you can never out-eat him. God's never going to say, you've got too much. He wants us to have more and more and a more fullness. Because what we leak and we get refilled and we leak and refilled and leak and refilled. We need to be refilled every single day. There is something called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that word baptism, again, is immersion. Listen to what Webster, how it defines immersion. To put in below the surface level of a liquid or gas. To absorb oneself in one thing to the exclusion of all others. Wow. Whew. It's different than having a little water splash on you and you being completely filled and dunked into water. It's completely different feeling a little bit of the presence of God and being absorbed with Him to the exclusion of the world. Wow. John chapter 9, verse 37 through 39 says, On the last day, the greatest day of the festival. Now, leave this up for just a moment. This was an eight-day feast. And Jesus stood there in a loud voice. And on the eighth day, he said, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water. Now, watch, Jesus is describing something different. He's going from a wellspring of water coming up to now rivers of living water flowing through us. As the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believe, watch this, who those who believed in him were later to receive. They hadn't received yet. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. This is the eighth day of the feast. The first seven days, they're making sacrifices for Israel and other nations. On the eighth day, they only made sacrifices for the Jewish nation. This is the day they finished reading of the law. They would go to the Pool of Siloam. Those of you who have been to Israel, you know what I'm talking about. And the priest, the priest would get a golden vial of water. And he would march back to the temple area. And he would pour the water out. And that was symbolic of the gracious influences of the Holy Spirit. On the day they would recognize the Holy Spirit was the day Jesus stood up and said, Hey, <laughs> I got news for you. He's coming. And as soon as I'm glorified, he's going to be poured out on mankind. Wow. Somebody shout amen. Somebody shout, I want it. I wanted the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was about 17, and then I went crazy, and, and I went several years in my own way. And when I came back to God, we got involved with the church, and Pastor Mark Williams just sat down in a little, a little small setting, a little tiny small group with Holly and I sometimes alone, other times with just one more couple, young couples. And he just taught me about the Holy Spirit. At best, I was raised up in a non-Pentecostal church, and you never even heard about the Holy Spirit. And he just, he just taught about the person of the Holy Spirit, and my hunger grew. And as my submission to him did, I would pray and cry out, God baptized me in the Holy Spirit. I was so hungry. And I remember sitting on my couch at home by myself at Lee College, and I remember the Holy Spirit coming on me, and me beginning to pray in another language, and me getting filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you something. I was desperate to be filled with God. Yeah. 
Are you hungry for God this morning? Are you desperate for the Lord to fill you? My last point is this. Why do we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, Acts chapter 1, verse 6 through 11. Look on your Bibles, if you would. And verse 6, it says, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time release the kingdom of God and so forth? And he says, it's not for you to know the time. And he says that, and, and he goes on to say, you're going to receive power. And I'm going, to, I'm going to lay all that out. Basically, he says, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. All right, after all that Jesus taught, after all that Jesus did, the main thing on his heart before he left this earth was don't you do anything until you receive the promise of my Father. How many of you would understand that if you knew you were going to die right now, you would gather your family, you wouldn't ask them how the weather is today? How many of you know you would tell them what was the most important thing on your heart? How many would agree with that? I mean, you really want your family to listen to this. He gathers his family and he says, listen, you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, it is so important for you. Don't you even leave Jerusalem until you receive. Jesus said that we need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in order to carry out the mission of the church evangelizing the world. Listen, the disciples had casted out devils. They had healed the sick. For three years, you couldn't have had a better teacher, a better mentor to pour into them. And for three years, they walked with Jesus. They did the things Jesus did. It would appear on the outside, they have everything they need. Yet Jesus said, all that's great, but you still don't have all you need. I know you've casted out devils. I know you've done mighty works. I know you've healed the sick. I know you know my teachings inside and out, but you're still lacking something. You need my spirit. Listen, if the disciples needed that, and they walked with Jesus, and they were a part of his group, part of his anointing, how much more do we? Can somebody say amen? In verse 4, look what your Bible says. It's a command. He says, after being assembled with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. It was, he was not suggesting. He said, I'm giving you a command. You don't have what you need. If the, if the disciples didn't have what they need, what makes us think, anybody, that, that we got all we need if we don't have the fullness of the Spirit in our life? It's in the Chinese buffet. I'll take the chicken and I'll take the pork, but oof, I don't know. You keep them Szechuan. I don't want that. It's not a fur coat that fur fur coat we throw on and say, "Well, I, you know, I'll take one God the Father and oh, definitely Jesus." Ooh, the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure. In verse five, we are not supposed to attempt any mission until we have the power of the Holy Spirit. And watch verse eight. But you shall receive power. Everybody, hold your finger up. Never want to say power. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's dunamis. That's supernatural God power. And then hold number two up. You ready? And he says, and you shall be witnesses. Your Bible says, verse 9, he leaves. The last thing Jesus says that's recorded on earth is, you'll receive power and you'll be witnesses. And then he's gone. It's the absolute certainties of the two ye shalls. Do you know what Jesus was telling us? He was placing priority on power and service. He said, 
Here's why you need the promise of the Spirit. Because in order to carry out my mission, the Great Commission, you need power. And you need to get out and do it, evangelize. Someone say amen. amen. So what happens? Do we have a picture in the Scriptures of a person before the Holy Spirit and after the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I'm glad you asked. Simon Peter. Are you ready? Matthew 26, 69 through 75. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard when Jesus is arrested. And a servant girl came to him and said, You are with Jesus the Galilean. And he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you're talking about. So he's denying Christ before a little girl. When he had gone out of the gateway, another servant girl, a different one, saw him and said to him, you, this man, you were there, this man with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, verse 72, he denied it with an oath, I do not know the man. A little later, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Surely you two are one of them, and even the way you talk gives you away. Then he began to curse and swear, I do not know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word what Jesus had said before a rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. So prior to him being baptized in the Holy Spirit, he's telling little girls, not me, not me. When it says he cursed, he was putting like a, a curse on himself to like to go to hell. I'm telling you, if I'm lying, I'm going to hell. And then when the rooster cried, no wonder he ran out and wept bitterly. He thought he was. He's denying in front of everybody. But when he receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit, watch how Simon Peter changes. Acts chapter 2. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. He's not talking to little girls now. He's talking to the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, and the bigwigs, the men who killed Jesus. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through them, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. Does it sound like the same person to you? This is 50 days later. 50 days. I don't know him. If I'm lying, send me to hell. And now he's standing up saying, all of you wicked men are the ones that put him to death. And you need to get your heart right with God. That's a different person. The difference is the Holy Spirit was poured out into his life on day uh, 50, uh, after 50 days of this. Listen, the baptism, the Holy Spirit, I'm going to talk about this, will give you boldness. He'll give you power. He'll give you a fire inside that will boldly look at people in the eye and say, Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. Does anybody want that in their life? I mean, when I, listen, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I, I'm almost done here. When I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, everything in my life changed. I stopped gambling, stealing cable. I stopped drinking. I stopped lying. I stopped going to chapel drunk. I suddenly realized that my future was bright. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 just jumped off the page and into me that said, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. My whole outlook on life changed completely. The trees and the grass were green. The flowers were brilliant and bright. 
the trees were, not the trees, the, the birds were singing and making music and it was beautiful. I suddenly started having joy in my heart. I'd wake up and I'd, I just, I don't know why I'm happy, but I, I praise God, it's going to be a good day today. Amen. I, I, God infused me. He began to drive anger and rage. If you're at the Freedom Conference, you know what I'm talking about. He began to drive that out and flood me with kindness and love. All of a sudden, I started loving people instead of wanting to smash their face in. That's a good thing. Amen. My everything changed. I started seeing people and I'd want to tell them about Jesus. I, I mean, everything in my walk changed. You can ask Holly. She saw the progression. Man, don't you want that for your life? You can make it to heaven without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can. But why would you want to? You can make it to heaven on spiritual cheese and crackers. But man, if I know God's got some steaks and all, and I know it's 14 days into a fast. Y'all like, you really need to be quiet, Pastor. Huh? Uh, I can taste that steak right now. And I, I feel you. But listen, spiritually speaking, why would we settle for less when God wants us to have the best? Do you want to go through life without power? Do you want to go through life without what you need in this life? I know I don't. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please? Wow. Oh, glory to your name. You do not automatically receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit when you get saved. You can. Some people get saved, and a minute later, they're, man, they're, God's baptizing them in the Holy Spirit. But most of the time, that does not happen. It is something different. It's a second work of grace. Man, if you're hungry for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we've had several recently. Okay, thank you, Lord. Everybody look at me. Because I feel this in my spirit. Tracy, would you stand just a second, please? Have you seen a change in your life since you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit a couple months ago? In what ways? Just anything comes to mind. Amen. Joy. Amen. Marty, will you stand up, please? Marty's a, a Jewish, he's a Jewish man. Received the baptism of the Holy Spirit not too long ago. Have you seen a change in your life? How and what way? Kinder. Amen. Glory to God. I feel you there. Amen. These are men that recently have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. If he was here, Sonny Feck would stand to his feet and say, Man, he was just recently baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you are looking for one of two things, either to be baptized in the Holy Spirit for the first time. And you say, man, my heart is yearning for the more fullness of God. Or maybe it's been a while. Maybe you say, I need to be refilled. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. You're not going to come down here, but I'm going to say, there's some prayer people going to come around to you. As you see people stand, I want you to go around and start laying hands, prayer team. 
come on, this is a serious time. There's more of you saying, man, I need to be refilled. Come on, as you see people, as you see people stand, I want you to move around. Maybe you're in here and you say, I've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. God wants to fill you right now. Come on, there's more of you. You say, I need to, I need to be full. I don't, I, maybe I still don't understand it all, but I want the Holy Ghost. Come on, there's two all the way in the back. Come on, prayer warriors, just begin to move around right now. Begin to move around. There's precious people that want to be baptized and refilled with the Holy Spirit. For everyone not standing, that's okay. If you'll just join with us in worship and pray. Come on, let's maintain this atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to move and do His work. Oh, glory.